Do you ever feel lost? No, I don't mean physically, but I mean mentally. Like, lost in life with no sense of direction. For a long time with Myrtage Real, I felt lost. I knew I loved to curate, but I didn't know what Myrtage Real actually needed to be. After many years of throwing ideas around and trying different approaches, I finally think I've discovered what Myrtage Real is, and what I want more than anything is to create a platform for all living artists to reach the people who want to see their art and to tell their stories. I have big plans for Myrtage Real, but it all leads to the same goal, and that is to tell stories that inspire others. I think today's guest will inspire you just as much as she inspired me. Today's guest also felt lost, till finally she got the inspiration she needed, and I hope that her story can also inspire you. This is the Myrtage Real Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Johnson, and this is episode 14, Sarah. I'm uh, Sara Fasolin, and uh, best known on uh, socials like as uh, Sara Baun. And I'm from Italy. I live in a small country in the north, near uh, Verona. And uh, I'm an artist. Where does that second last name come from? That that one you've picked to be your kind of online username? Basically, uh, it's like I'm not a fan of my surname. Because uh, in uh, in Italian, it means like beans. <laughs> it's easy to make fun of it. And uh, I just um, tried to find uh, um, a name uh, that wasn't too far from that. And uh, Baun um, for Google Translate. So I'm not sure about it, but it should mean beans in uh, Icelandic. <laughs> And the town that you live in now, is that also where you grew up? Yes, I was born here and I'm still here. <laughs> I had a phase in my life where I wanted to be everywhere else, but I somehow got over it. And uh, now I like it. I'm enjoying being here. <laughs> While Sarah feels more at peace in her hometown now that she has found people she can connect with, she still desires a change of scenery. She lives close to the center of town, and she gets really agitated with all the noise, and it makes it hard to focus. Sarah has always had a connection to nature, and even today would love to move to the countryside and have a million birdhouses all around her yard. I think I, I will move out as soon as I have uh, enough money. And uh, I'm not sure I want to be here because places that are more quiet than this, and uh, I want to be out of the... The center of the the village, and here we are like near the the church, and the church have bells that plays like every hour. Yeah, I need silence actually, so uh, I will probably choose another place. But I like it. Hey everyone, I have an announcement to make. I just launched our Patreon page to go along with the podcast. As you may know, Mart Israel is run by me and me alone. And it takes quite a lot of work, especially when it comes to the podcast. I hope that our Patreon will be a way to give out more amazing content while allowing you, the listener, to help the show grow. If you believe in the podcast and what I'm trying to achieve, it would mean a great deal to me if you even considered signing up. Our cheapest tier is only $3 a month, and you can already get access to bonus clips that didn't quite make the final episode, and there's much more content to come. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash myertisroom. Thank you for listening, and let's get back to the episode. You talk about wanting to always move away. 
growing up? Why was that? Why did you not want to be where you were at? I'd say definitely during uh, high schools, because uh, I wasn't happy to to be at home. I didn't feel seen, so I was wondering if moving somewhere else would help with that. And then I I had a moment when I moved out and uh, for a year and a half. Coming back home was hard, got through many things, many different things, and uh, now I'm kind of at peace, I'd say. And could you tell me a little bit about what you were like as a kid? I was a weird kid, I'd say. I am. I was shy. I was. Um, uh, it was uh, very hard for me to socialize. So I was kind of in my bubble. Like uh, I was living in my head, basically. And uh, I had uh, friends, but not the kind of a relationship you can rely on because they were just uh, not deep relationships, I'd say. But I also don't have. Uh, uh, <laughs> A good memory. I'm like, I just have more like a feeling of my childhood more than actual memories. So I'd say I remember I got along with my sisters. I have two twin uh, twin sisters, uh, younger, and uh, we played together. Uh, we watched a lot of televisions. I remember I never studied at school. But I was very good somehow. <laughs> I don't know how. I'm still wondering. Uh, I was very quiet. And yeah, it was uh, tough. I Every time I think about my primary school, middle ones, and also high schools, I really don't want to go back there. Sarah says she didn't have a bad childhood. It was just a boring one. She does remember always pretending to be interested in whatever others wanted to do, just so that she could fit in, which led to her being very bored and just not feeling like herself. She would finally branch out and find herself, but that wasn't until later. There was a couple of things she really did enjoy doing as a kid, and one of them was drawing, and the other was playing Pokemon against her mother's wishes. Are there things that you would do alone as a kid uh, for fun? Video games, but I it wasn't a thing that was allowed in my home because my mom wasn't uh, didn't agree with that. <laughs> so... I remember I suddenly became a hacker with my first, uh, with the first computer we had <laughs> in uh, in our home. So um, I was like uh, uh, downloading uh, games like Pokemon or some online stuff, and I spent a lot of time uh, playing with that. And uh, I, I'm sure I drew. Uh, I was drawing a lot, but always uh, for periods, not not all the way. Like um, I probably spent months uh, drawing Pokemon in my own, own way, and then got bored of it and uh, stopped for I don't know six months for a year, and um, yep. And how did exactly did you discover Pokemon? Was it through collecting cards or the show, or how did you find it? I watched them on uh, TV, and uh, I think at some point I collected some cards, but uh, TV was better. <laughs> and then I I remember my cousin's Game Boy. She had one, and uh, 
uh, I couldn't wait to go to her home just to play with that, <laughs> just to play with that. And uh, that was the the moment I I became an actor to to have them on on my on my computer. And why didn't your mom want you to play video games? Was it just like she thought it was unhealthy or something like that? Yes, yes, yes. She she always preferred us to go outside, play in fields. And we did. I mean, I enjoyed that part because um, I live in a small country. So I have fields behind my, behind my house. And um, uh, my grandpa had uh, horses. Uh, I remember uh, we spent days uh, playing in... Hey, you know, with horses, dogs, maybe chickens. There were cows too, so also a lot of cats. Mm, I had fun with that, but you know, video games are more interesting. <laughs> and you said you were into art as a kid, correct? I was always kind of into art, but um, not in a consistent way, I'd say. And uh, I was a very destructive kid. I. I liked and still uh, still like uh, many different things. I always it's always hard for me to choose something and pursue it because uh, consistency is not my my strength. So, uh, what Sarah just said about being a very distracted kid uh, is very important. Throughout her life, she didn't quite know where she was going to go next. She would make decisions based on her feelings at the time, which led to some issues, but also led to some great experiences that would shape her into who she is today. So when you were growing up, what did you want to be? What did you want to be when you grew up? What was your plan? And what was your plan after uh, graduating school? I wanted to be basically everything. I changed my mind so many times. I, I couldn't even remember all of them but I remember I started with wanting to be a writer I used to uh, I used to wrote a lot a lot of diaries Uh, I never finished one though (laughs) I'm not good with finishing things then uh, I had a long period wanting to be a vet because I always loved animals Uh, then I wanted to be an entomologist (laughs) then uh, I had also a period where I wanted to be a truck driver I don't know I, I'm fascinated by basically everything, uh, but I didn't know art was uh, was also a job. I find that out in high school, but I mean, uh, it was in my head. It was a different kind of job. Like you had to choose something very specific, and um, I didn't know it was a job you do you can do uh, by yourself. I thought it, it would be an employee job like anyone else. Sarah thought that to be an artist, you would need to go into a field that you could get a job at a company. Something like graphic design or illustration. She just had no idea that you could just make art and sell it to collectors. It was such a foreign idea. It just never crossed her mind. I had a period where I wanted to be a graphic designer, but I never did that so deep i mean i finished high schools and i started an uh, illustration school i did uh, two years out of three because i uh, it was very expensive and i wasn't mad about it because i don't know i didn't feel good with my classmates especially in the second year because i the first year i was studying in a city and i loved my class but i wasn't mad about the, the teachers 
So I moved to another, uh, um, the same school, but in another uh, city. And uh, I liked the teachers, but I didn't like the class. <laughs> and it was, uh, I was always uncomfortable. So uh, since it was very expensive and uh, also my favorite teacher was fired that year. So I decided to bail. And um, I was still convinced I wasn't gonna. Try, I was gonna be um, an illustrator. I was snooping around in fairs. I was doing workshops with other uh, illustrators. But I don't know what happened actually because I don't remember very well. But and uh, even though I always uh, be around art, I I don't know. I never felt like it really could be a job that you could make a living out of it. Sarah dropped out, but still wanted to work in illustration. But as she puts it, she's a very distracted person and she would get all these ideas and, and want to do different things that it made it hard for her to focus on one objective. She also didn't have the best social skills, which gave her no idea on how to move forward in the illustration world without going to school. So Sarah dropped that idea like all the rest and decided she would volunteer at a wildlife animal center which would turn out to impact her life much more than she could have ever expected. I brought myself volunteering in this wild and exotic animals rescue center in the middle of Italy. That was the, uh, the thing I was doing for a year and a half. It started as a volunteering thing and uh, I got accepted at their uh, national service competition uh so i moved there for a for a year and a half and uh, it was the most crazy and beautiful life experience by far and i have um very good memories from there i had so much fun i learned ton tons of things and uh, i made great friends there sarah describes working with the wildlife as one of the first decisions that felt truly hers and she was very excited but she was also super nervous. Took my things and uh, and got there. I remember the first days. I I was like, "Why am I here? I want to go back home. I don't belong here." You know, I was still struggling socialize, socialize, and uh, but then in a week, I changed my mind because I started to get along with uh, everything else there. Sarah didn't stop drawing during this time because any time an idea came to her, she just had to grab a pen and paper and sketch it out. But she would spend weeks drawing and then stop for weeks or even months at a time. So art was very much a little hobby and nothing more. While she was there at the Wildlife Center, she found her love for birds, which even if you look at her art for just a second, you start to feel the great influence this had on her and her appreciation for animals. I discovered the that birds were a thing because you know unless you're uh, into some something you don't notice how much beauty can can be there i mean we were working with a lot of animals like i don't know there were tigers lions there were parrots uh there were also monkeys sheep and but there were also the the local animals like deers uh boars Mm, any kind of birds and you know i i was very attracted uh, to them i found them uh, very fascinating um 
and uh, and I found myself very charmed by birds and uh, I'm sure people remember me for that <laughs> because at some point I was like I want to work just with birds let me do the birds and I will be happy <laughs> and yeah I, I was surely inspired by all the period in my life because it was very intense and I I learned so many things I that still inspires me soon this wildlife adventure would end and sarah had to move back home she started to feel lost again and almost like nothing good would ever come of her life so she worked some odd jobs here and there and was trying to figure out the next move yeah i was surely lost because you know i was changing my mind so many times i wasn't sure about a thing and uh I was surrounded by people who uh, who were very sure about their future, future, and uh, you know, I I'm pretty sure I felt like I don't know uh, that I wasn't gonna do anything good in my life. Um, but I was also uh, I am also a fast learner when I'm uh, into things, so that helped me a lot because. I was like, yeah, whatever I'm going to choose, I'm going to learn it fast and uh, make it mine uh, soon. But I was just searching for something that could get me some dopamine, some <laughs> some purpose in life. <laughs> the next big adventure for Sarah was more industrial than the last and more labor intensive as she went into the field of stone restoration. Uh... I was kind of depressed when I got home. I didn't know what to do, so I just uh, found myself another uh, job at a cafe. And then I I heard randomly about a restoration school, a stone restoration school. And um, I was like, why not? It's for free. So <laughs> I signed up for it. And I did that for three years. I I finished the school. I made some very good friends there. I still hang up with them. And uh, I did that for a, for a while. I mean, it, it's a great job to do because it's very interesting. It's fascinating. Uh, you get to see very special places, especially here in Italy. While Sarah did enjoy the traveling and the actual job, she didn't enjoy the work environment. The field she worked in was very much a more manly job, and it was hard for her to get taken seriously. As you can tell, Sarah was directionless for most of her early 20s, just bouncing around with no true goal in sight. But soon she would find the first thing in life that she could stick with and enjoy more than anything, and that was drawing, which had always been viewed as a hobby until that point. I, In the back of my mind, I'm sure I always thought like it would be great to be... Mm, to be something more but I didn't really believe that because you know maybe uh, in uh, in bigger countries like yours in the US um, it's more of a thing but here in Italy it's just you you talk about being an artist for a living and they look at you and be like what are you talking about it's not a job (laughs) get a real job (laughs) So 
I discovered that very late in life that it could be a thing. So how did you start sharing your art online? What prompted uh, you to start posting it? I was drawing more and at the same time I didn't want to uh, to go back to building sites. So I was like, well, maybe I, I can uh, give it a, a shot. But I remember I was more on socials because I already started posting uh, some doodles in like, uh, yeah, 2018, maybe, because I was very into Inktober. And uh, yeah, that was my most productive month before uh, getting real about it. I was already snooping around on uh, Instagram. And I remember very clear. Uh, that I was just starting following some other artists and I completely fell in love with uh, with the artworks and I I followed the the link in bio and I was like oh my god she has a shop an online shop and she just sells prints of their work I was like is this a thing I mean I could do that and uh, this idea starts to started to um, to stick with me and uh, I was like I could work from home all by myself and decide things from uh, for me for me and that that was the moment uh, I fell in love with the idea of being an artist and what gave you that that push to finally leave leave that job and, and to try to focus on becoming an artist I have supportive uh, parents too so and I was talking to my mom because I was everything's cool as long as you don't have to pay a rent <laughs> and uh, so I kind of discussed that with her and I remember her being very supportive about it because you have so much faith in me more than I do <laughs> probably and so she was I'm sure if you want to go there you'll be there so drop that that job she can so that I wasn't very happy with it so um i dropped it and started to go deep into this art thing i started drawing more and uh post it on uh, posting it on uh, instagram when sarah decided to start pushing her art online it couldn't have come at a better time as covid was about to start which would end up locking most of the world indoors for a long time it allowed sarah to focus even more on her craft with her incredible skill and her incredibly hard work ethic, she was able to quickly grow her following of dedicated fans on Instagram. I really had no idea where this thing this thing was going. But somehow <laughs> somehow it worked. I mean, I remember the moment where I started gaining followers were in the during the Inktober in 2020. So that was the first moment I I probably felt like it it could have worked. And how did it feel when you finally sold some art? Like when you find something you made was fine. Someone was you know willing to spend money on it and wanted to hang it in their home. How did that make you feel? People had an amazing reaction to them. I sold them all in like few hours, and I was like over the moon about it. I felt like the. I felt on top of the world when I saw that reaction from people who followed, who were following me, and uh, actually see that 
they were so into my weird burps that <laughs> they were uh, they were willing to pay for them. I mean, wow, it's happening. It's beautiful. It's a wonderful sensation. And I, uh, I live on that, basically. And now, now that you have been focusing on this for so long and it's something that you're doing just by yourself... Do you feel like you have finally found your purpose and, and this is what you're you're meant to do? Oh yeah, I'm I'm definitely happier now. Uh, I'm doing something that uh, keep my brain busy. <laughs> uh, I'm doing something I love. When I started to put more feelings into my drawings, uh, uh, people started to uh, comment on posts saying that they could relate with them, and you. It's just, I don't know, it's just heartwarming that some people out there can relate to something you, you're you doing that much. I, I'm sure I'll never get, get tired of it because it's so satisfying. And I mean, are you just blown away by how far you've come in, in a relatively short period of time? I keep have to remember myself that and usually it's uh, <laughs> it's something that my loved ones doing and i love i love them for that because i really need to be remembered that i i i just started i'm just at the beginning of it so i can't have all of these expectations and uh i have to be calm and uh, patient and steady and uh that's the hardest part for me i i'm in constant constant need of uh reassurance and uh rewardings you know like i need to see results to keep going and that's something i i'm working on i have to believe in myself and in what i'm doing first so uh, i need to find some other ways to stay motivated i feel like all these things lead to where you are now and it's all important for for who you are and i i feel like the stuff you said about growing up is is why your art looks the way it does and you know to me and i don't i mean i might be wrong but it seems like those anxieties and those struggles and then your experience with these animals all came together to create the works that you make now and without those experiences it wouldn't be the same i i believe that too uh i believe that too yes because uh mm, everything we are now it's like a mix and a sum of all the things we we got through and uh, it's beautiful to think that you can take something beautiful out of it there was a lot of things that sarah said in our interview that i could relate to in my own life and i think that what makes this podcast so special is we can learn about these artists lives while they're still alive and and they can tell us how they felt and, and we can relate and learn from it and be inspired to chase our own dreams. I'm so grateful that artists like Sarah trust me enough to tell their personal stories to the world. And I couldn't thank them enough. If you want to keep hearing these wonderful stories, we need your help. If you can simply share the show with anyone you think would enjoy it, that would go a long way. And if you want to support us even more while also getting extra content, please sign up for the Patreon page. I want this podcast to work and I want to keep doing it for a long time. So please don't leave me hanging and sign up for the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Myers Thank you for listening and I will see you in the next episode of the Myers Podcast.